I crashed the next day. I was just a puddle. I just cried all day long, and I don't know why I was so happy, but yet I was sad that I didn't get to meet my bio dad. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel I have gotten to know him so well through her now. I almost feel like I know him. Who am I? 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 This is Who Am I Really? A podcast about adoptees that have located and connected with their biological family members. I'm Damon Davis, and today you're going to hear from Wendy, who called me from Minnesota. Wendy had a lot of information about her natural mother and assumed the woman would want to know her, but that wasn't the case. They corresponded once, solely for her natural mother to share clinical information. Then the door closed. Wendy said finding her paternal sister, Jen, a woman she could have met years earlier at church, has been a redemptive blessing that's brought Wendy peace. This is Wendy's journey. Wendy was adopted from Lutheran Children's Friends Society in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Her parents were alerted that a baby girl was available for adoption, so her parents went to see her and decided to take her home the next day. She had one younger brother who was adopted when she was about two and a half years old. She still has a vivid memory of the day they went to pick him up, right down to the dark wood bench she sat on in the waiting room. The siblings still have a good relationship to this day. But Wendy remembers how she stood out from her family as a kid. You know, physically looking very different from my mom and dad. They were both kind of dark hair. And I was a really white blonde. Um, and so I looked different and, and from, like my cousins were all dark hair. And so I always kind of stuck out and maybe didn't really fit in as far as looks go, but um, everybody on both sides seemed to welcome me and treated me just like I was you know, one of the biological family members. Wendy's parents divorced when she was about eight years old. It was a tough time for the kids with a lot of trauma from their parents' split. Their mother remarried and the new family moved to a small rural town northwest of Minneapolis, about three hours away. Their dad moved to California. It was a tough transition from the city life to rural living, but over time, Wendy admits, she came to love it. It's where she met her husband, and her mom still lives there today. But back then, the kids spent the school year with their mom, then split time with their father in the summer. When I did move to this area, I was about 10, and I was really uncomfortable with people knowing that my parents had gotten divorced, and I ended up not wanting people to know that, and I, there's no way then I was going to ever tell them that I was adopted, because that's just another different thing about this new girl coming to town. And so I didn't talk about it or tell people until after I graduated from high school, and there were two exceptions to that. My very best friend knew, and my boyfriend in high school, who is now my husband of 32 years. So wow. they're the only two people that I ever 
ever told. So wow. um, ever since then, though, I have been <laughs> an open book with the adoption piece. So kind of did a complete flip. Wendy said she was self-conscious about her mother having a different last name, her status as an adoptee, and anything that made her stand out as different in her new town. She didn't have any negative feeling about being adopted. She was just self-conscious, so it was easier for people not to know the details of her life. Wendy described herself as a shy girl, really into reading, and she had a small, close group of friends whom she had fun times with at the lakes around their town. Aside from chats with her now husband, Wendy didn't talk about her adoption much at all. I had one friend, it was, I was out of high school, but I, I told him that I will for sure find my biological mother before I ever have kids. <laughs> and I didn't, but you know, it must have been just kind of in my mind that that's something that I really wanted. Wendy's parents never sat her down to say she was adopted, but they talked about it openly. Her adoptive parents had requested social history on her natural parents and her brother's first parents, too. So the children had information about their other parents, which sparked a lot of curiosity for Wendy. In that information, there was just a little blurb about her natural father, height, weight, hair, and eye color, that he had one sibling, and minimal information about the man's mother and father. She had a better description of her first mother, including physical features, her academic status as salutatorian of her class, and her musical interests in the French horn. It is said that she had hoped to go on to nursing school after I was born. Um, apparently, my, according to the, the history that my parents had been in a longer relationship, but once I was conceived, um, you know, the relationship didn't continue. Wendy said she was about 22 when she told her friend that she was definitely going to find her natural mother before having children. I asked her to elaborate on her desire to search. I wanted to search. I fully intended to search. The really odd thing, and I think it was a total mistake on the part of the courts, but my adoption decree you know, on the top it said, and this child's name shall be changed to Wendy, and her parents are, you know, my mom and dad's names. And then they listed on the bottom, and mother is, and it gave my birth mother's name, full, middle, and last name. Wow. So, and, wow. I, you know, my adoption records are sealed. The adoption was closed. So I'm pretty sure that was a mistake. Oh, yeah. But I, yeah. <laughs> It wasn't on my brother's adoption papers, you know, two years younger. But, yeah, I so I had her name all the time. And I, I don't remember exactly what age I was when my mom let me read my non-identifying information first. But I was definitely maybe late middle school, high school age. Um, and then, you know, seeing my bio mom's name, I know when I would go, when we were in Minneapolis, I would look in the phone books and see if I could find her. Wendy contacted Lutheran Social Services, looking for information at a time when she was just a poor college student. Later in life, she called again for information. They sent her a new page of non-identifying information, somewhat shorter than what she had already, but it included some characteristics about her people that wasn't in the first set of information she laid eyes on. 
The difference in the documents made it clear that the information an adoptee receives is up to the person assembling the file. In 2004, Wendy penned a letter to her natural mother introducing herself. It was a letter she wouldn't deliver for another 10 years. I had at one point written a letter to my birth mother thinking that I was going to start the search and when I sat on it and then I'm just kind of, I don't know, chickened out, I guess. So I think I was really afraid of uh, rejection. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of fast forward 10 years, I was working with a patient of mine and she was telling me about the fact that she was adopted and she had reunited with her birth mother. And so that night when I got home from work, I it was on my mind. So I typed her name into the you know, search bar as I had done before with no hits, but this time her name popped up. Oh, wow. And so I was able to, you know, see her, see her name and for real. And she was listed on a ancestry family tree that I think it was, might've been her husband's family had put out. And mm. so her name was on there, her married name, her husband's name, and her two daughters' names. So it's like, whoa, I had all this information. Wow. So then, you know, you hit Facebook, and I found both of uh, my half-sisters on Facebook, and just kind of was in a panic mode thinking, you know, what am I going to do? <laughs> um, I was able to, you know, through, find a grave through classmates.com. I had, you know, a lot more information, and then I dug my old letter out that I had written 10 years prior, made a lot of revisions, um, gathered some photos, and I sent her the letter um, by certified mail. And she did sign for it, but she never responded. Oh. So that was, that was tough. I would, I kind of gave it a week and then I'm like, okay, if she got the letter, she'd you know be responding. You know, within a week, I was sure she was going to be you know, excited to do this, and mm-hmm. she was waiting to hear from me, and I would run home um, at lunch from work and check the mail. I was just, like, every day, and, and nothing, 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 and finally, I just, like, well, I guess she just doesn't want contact. So that was, that was really hard. It was, you know, I was, I was really sad. I was pretty upset. Um, I got to a point where I was kind of feeling kind of angry. Yeah. And... A year went by, and then I decided, you know, what do I have to lose? I'm going to try one more time. And I don't know, honestly, why I didn't just pick up the phone or call or I had her address. I could have knocked on her door, but that just wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sent her another letter, and this time, you know, being in the healthcare field that I am, I had access to a lot of different medical um, health history questionnaires, and so I created my own. Oh. health history and I had a bunch of columns one for her one for her mom dad her brother and then I slipped you know a column in for my bio dad because you know just thought you know maybe she knew some information and while well, she returned the note that I had sent her and at the bottom of well oh in my bio dad's column she had written in big letters deceased you know letter by letter down the column oh, on both wow. pages wow just in case I didn't get it the first time. Yeah, wow. But So she just wrote, your biological father is deceased, as is his wife and his brother. I do not know their health history. No, she said, thank you for 
oh, how did she word that? Thank you for re uh, respecting her privacy. And she said that she keeps me and my family in her prayers. And that was it. She didn't sign it or anything. Oh, wow. So that was, that was my contact with her. So I was a little, I was very thankful. I got some really valuable health information mm -hmm. through her. So I felt thankful that she did return it. But, you know, it was just that note was just kind of a little harsh, I felt. On the bottom of my note, I, I think the reason that I ended up getting a reply is because I put, I don't know if you have, con if you have told anybody about me, so I am hesitant to contact other family members at this time. And so it was like within a week I heard from her. So I think she might have thought, I, I wasn't intending on contacting anybody else, but I maybe a little passive-aggressive way of maybe getting some information. Yeah, you kind of you kind of taunted her a little bit with the idea yeah, that, you know, you know, if your secret's not out, it's about to be. <laughs> right? That's interesting. Yep. But what's also yeah, interesting, though, yeah. is that you offered her a very structured method through which to respond, right? Right. It wasn't like begging, please, I don't know anything, please just tell me something. It was very right. clinical, as you've described. Here, right. like, here's your column, fill it out. Here's, you know, his column. If you know anything, fill it out. And it allowed mm -hmm. her to sort of detach a little bit and simply respond to you from a clinical perspective, which is really kind of interesting. It, and obviously yeah. with the small thread at the end, <laughs> I'm about to reach out to your family. So you better no, say something. No, I, just, I had to think of something. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. I'm so sorry that yeah. it didn't work out that she wanted to be in contact, but yeah, I mean, at least it, it was she said it was something. disappointing just because I think you know all my life I thought she she was just wanting to know me, but mm -hmm. you know, right now I'm 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 okay with it. Wendy sent her certified letter in 2014. The next attempt with a template requesting health history happened a year later. In 2015. In 2016, I was diagnosed with cancer and was dealing with that. And that really kind of made me start thinking that, you know, I need the rest of my history because I have three children and I wanted to know, you know, anything that I possibly could um, in order to hopefully, you know, maybe prevent something or kind of know what to look for in the future. And so I, you know, my birth records are sealed. Minnesota's pretty locked tight. I can access my adoption records when I'm 100, I was told. Wow. <laughs> and anyway, so I, I decided to do the DNA testing. And so I did um, Ancestry and 23andMe at the same time. I thought, you know, I can get more, more results that way. And I ended up also uploading onto my heritage and FT DNA. The results of those DNA tests arrived on the same day. So Wendy went to work to learn more about her second and third cousin matches. She was trying to determine where the family names she already knew fit in on her maternal and paternal sides. On her paternal side, some third cousins had some very comprehensive family trees, so she sent them the non-identifying information she had on her natural father, and they scoured everything, trying to identify him. 
Wendy's paternal grandmother was part of a family of 10, and her father was part of a family of 15. So, finding a match for this guy was a challenging search. When one of the cousins narrowed down the prime candidate to be Wendy's natural father, the cousin was reluctant to actually give her the man's name, so he gave Wendy a clue. Why don't you look for a last name that ends in T? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. But it was like within an hour I found I found it. Oh, wow. And so, and, you know, just the dates matched. He had one brother. Um, and so that was just kind of crazy. So once I had his name, I Googled his name and an obituary came up. So he was indeed deceased. And then the obituary listed his five children. And so I had all of their names. Searching through Facebook posts, one of the man's daughters had some privacy settings turned on, so there were only a few pictures of her. But one of the sons had an open page. Wendy scrolled through his Facebook posts, looking for any of them related to when their father passed away. He had a picture of him as a senior in high school, his high school graduation picture. And I looked at that picture, and I just about fell to the floor. I recognized him. I knew that was my dad. Just really? by looking, he looked, I could see myself. Um, I could see my son. It was crazy. Oh my gosh. Um, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You take your time. Yeah, it was, it was just surreal. What did I, he, what did he look like? Can you describe the picture? You know, it was black and white. He had a little suit jacket on. The fifth, I think he graduated in 58, so he had kind of the slicked hair, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it was just enough of a profile shot that I'm just like, that's where I, you know, it's just the features, I don't know if it's my nose or, or what, but he, my son, it was just like I pulled out my son's graduation picture and compared him, and I was like, holy buckets, they, wow. they look so much alike. So it's, it's amazing really quite, when you see those. Right crazy yeah those intergenerational resemblances and i've heard more than one adoptee say that they've been told that the grandparents often look like the kids Mm -hmm. and there you have it the man's daughter jen was listed as a therapist on facebook so she seemed like a safe and hopefully empathetic person to contact first wendy waited a while then sent an introductory note through facebook messenger She said she's an adoptee, she did some DNA testing, and the results suggested they could be closely related. And I said, if you're interested in exploring this with me, I would be grateful. And I kid you not, it was six minutes later she responded to me. Wow. And she said, certainly, feel free to call me. And so we talked. (laughs) And she's just the most wonderful person. (laughs) That's so cool. It's crazy. What was it like to be on the phone with somebody you related to? I was shaking so badly. I, I don't know how I could even think. It, it was crazy. Wow. Um, you know, the first thing she said to me, you know, we said, hi, hi. And then she's like, do you think my dad is your dad? <laughs> and I'm like, I think there's a good possibility. And I told her, I said, I have some information, my non-ID information. And so I went through the list. I said, blue eyes 
dark brown hair, average height, one brother, a farmer. His mother was a housewife who was very active. His father was, I think they said, suffering from Parkinson's disease. And it's like everything checked the box. Wow. She's like, yeah. And so then she asked if I would be her friend on Facebook. And so at that time we started uh, looking through each other's pictures. And then she was sending me all kinds of pictures of my dad and my grandma and her brothers and sisters. And I, you know, I'm kind of looking through her stuff too. And I see a post and it says liked by somebody and I recognize this name and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was my pastor. So I asked her if she had any ties to St. James where we had gone to church when my kids were younger. And she said, yes, I was the youth director at that church. And it was during the same time we were uh, going there. Are you serious? And I'm serious. And this is, I mean, she lived probably an hour and a half where she grew up, you know, an hour and a half away. But we ended up at this little, small neighborhood church. She's our youth director. And her parents would come to the services. So I was probably in the sanctuary with my birth dad. And Jen and I passed each other in the halls for three years at least. What? And yeah. (laughs) So... I was, I mean, we were both just kind of floored. Oh that. my gosh, that is nuts. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that is And the crazy unreal. thing is, is her and I look so much alike. I don't know how, you know, people didn't say, oh my gosh, you look like Jen. <laughs> That's but really we, funny, yeah. People have actually, you know, since they've come up to us, are you guys twins? And we're like, well, no, but... <laughs> We just kind of laugh. Well, nice of you to ask now. <laughs> yeah. And the thing, she she told me, she said, if you were to put all five of, you know, the kids in her family in a room and I was to look at all of them, you would never know that any of, of the five of them are related. They wow. all look so different. Mm-hmm. But her and I look alike. That is crazy. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, Whoa. my gosh. I can't imagine so, what y'all must have thought of when you said, realized you were at the same church and she was directing service. I mean, wow. That's yeah. so cool. Wendy and Jen decided to do a siblingship DNA test just to confirm scientifically what they already knew. When the results came back positive, as expected, they decided that they had to get together face to face. With their families, they gathered for a barbecue at the campgrounds where Jen maintains a camper. I was felt like I was going to hyperventilate before I got there. But, <laughs> um, you know, when I, I walked up to her, you know, she got really emotional, and so did I. And she just, oh my, I get so emotional all the time here. Um, I just, or she said, you know, you have grandma's eyes. And then... Um, when she saw my son, she, in her words, she said she lost it. She just said that, you know, my son was a blonde cookie cutter version of our dad. So. Oh my gosh. It was, it was pretty crazy. So I'm looking at her, we're sitting around a little bonfire and I'm kind of trying to steal glances and not make her feel like I'm totally staring at her. And she's probably doing the same. And she said she's couldn't keep her eyes off of my son because it's like she's looking at her dad and so oh, yeah. it, was, it was quite an emotional day um 
it was it was pretty great. Oh man! And I crashed the next day. I was just <laughs> a puddle. I just cried all day long, and oh. I don't know why I was so happy, but yet I was sad that I didn't get to meet my bio dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel I have gotten to know him so well through her now. I almost feel like I know him. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, she had, she's just so thoughtful and just caring and just kind of knows the right things to say. And I had gone to visit her and it was around my birthday and she had given me a card and you know, had a package for me. And it, she had given me my bio dad's class ring. And then she gave me a bunch of like original old photos of my dad, as well as um, his parents, my grandparents, their wedding picture, and and just so many thoughtful things. That's really um, incredible. Good for her. She yeah. She had also given me, lent me, I should say. Um, my dad had kept a journal when he was going through kind of a tough time in his life, and so she had given that to me to read. And then she also uh, let me read. Uh, my grandma had kept a diary, and so she let me kind of go through that just to know what her grandma's life was day by day. And she also let me um, go through her grandma's cookbook, which she had handwritten notes and a lot of her recipes in. And she also let me go through my grandma's Bible, which was dated 1910, and she had notes from you know, the passages that were were used for her confirmation or her her dad's pa is what she called him, her dad's funeral, and just all these just personal things that mm. are just it was just so heartfelt and just just so thoughtful. That's really awesome. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. So I um <laughs> I went to visit her another time and she didn't tell me this, but she had snuck a little package of my dad's um, ashes in my suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> and I was driving home, and I saw the road sign for the town that he used to live in, or, you know, where he was raised and raised his family. And I don't know what, I turned, and I went to that town. I went to his grave. I went to the this little country church that, where my grandmother's, all of her ancestors were buried. I was wandering through there. Um, I was able to figure out where the farmsteads were, where my grandparents farmed and where my dad and his family, his brother farmed. And it's just, I have such a, like a draw to that place. Mm. But when I, when I told Jen afterwards that I had gone there, she just started laughing and I still, you know, I didn't know about the ashes at the time, but, Oh, that's so <laughs> when funny. I, I talked to her the next day and she, I'm just, you know, I unpacked my suitcase and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this. I wonder if he was just kind of steering the yeah, car. He pulled you right <laughs> to him. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, cool. So, yeah, I just, I just kind of get the feels when I'm there and mm-hmm. I just, I brought my husband there over Memorial weekend. We went to the cemetery and he's um I don't know. I just kind of feel one with the earth there. I'm it's sure. Just a, you know, just a, it feels like home. I inquired about how Wendy's adoptive parents were included in her journey. She admitted she was uncertain about how her desire to search would land with them, but she knew what she felt she needed, and thankfully, 
They were with Wendy the whole way. They were supporting me the entire way. Um, I had, you know, I was, I was a little hesitant to tell them just because I, um, yeah, I didn't want to hurt their feelings. And, and I in no way was looking to replace them. But it, there was just a piece that I felt I needed. And um, I told them that I had done the, the DNA testing. And, and just kind of as I made new discoveries, I would tell them. I would call them both and, and kind of tell them. And they were just super excited. Um, when I found Jen... They were like over the moon excited. They, my mom said, "Oh, I'm so tickled," <laughs> and my dad, and and since it was my bio dad, you know, I was a little more like, "Oh, I wonder what he's going to think." But he loves her. She's come to Thanksgiving. Um, she's my dad's like, "Oh, it's like having another daughter," and they just think she's great. <laughs> and mm-hmm. How's Jen? What's Jen doing? Have you seen Jen? So they have been so incredibly supportive. Um, It's just been just awesome. Wendy mentioned she's a cancer survivor, but well before her diagnosis, she said she wanted to find her natural family to get some medical information. I wondered what she found out about her family medical history and reunion and what she knows to look out for now. Not the type of cancer that I had. It wasn't... um, evidence in either side Mm -hmm. um but i did i think on my bio mom's side there was um, like colon cancer and some breast cancer and things and so it's just important to have that piece of information you know when you go to the doctor there all those years i'm like i don't know i'm adopted Mm -hmm. you know and now i can say hey i know a few things (laughs) and it kind of helps to give the doctors more information to maybe appropriately screen me for different things. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I I remember finding out some things in my own family, and I went in for just a general checkup, and I'm feeling fine. I don't have anything Mm -hmm. to report. But I was, I remember feeling, it was almost like I had done some homework, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I wanted to get the grade. I was was ready to tell my (laughs) my doctor, hey, hey, uh, I got some information for you, you know? Like, it just felt good to finally be able to update what I could only imagine were some blank boxes in my medical record. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a that's an, an interesting piece of fulfillment that you get from the search sometimes is just knowing a piece of that medical information because it, it is so vital, not only to you, but to the future generations who are going to exactly. look back to your medical record and wonder, what do I need to look for? So it's really yeah. important for inter. I remember I had a doctor once who, you know, I had brought that up and, you know, I said, I'd you know, like to know my history. He said, well, sometimes it's better not to know. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's an interesting take, but, you know, I guess then I don't have to, you know, out of sight, out of mind maybe, but yeah, um, I still think it's better to, better to know. Yeah. Know what you're dealing yeah. with, right? Wow. That's really yeah. amazing, Wendy. That's <laughs> So I've had, I've kind of had quite you know a lot of different scenarios kind of play through and yeah. in the end I I think after finding and having a relationship with Jen I have just so much more um, sense of peace and calm mm-hmm. and um, a lot of people 
have mentioned, oh, you seem so much happier. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'm ready to go <laughs> going around grumpy all the time. I, know. <laughs> I, I do just feel just so much lighter. And um, it's, it's just been the biggest blessing. Yeah. Um, That's really great. Finding, finding her. I haven't met uh, their siblings at the point um and i don't know if i will or not but i'm so content right now it's all good yeah um, you reach this point of thinking to yourself man there's kind of nowhere to go but down from here right <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah you know and you know i think you had in some of the paperwork you had sent it you know are there things i would do differently what would i search earlier Honestly, I think things happen sometimes at the right time. Um, had I searched earlier, and if, let's say, Jen's mom had still been living, she said she might not have been so receptive mm -hmm. in, in an effort to protect her mom. And yeah, so that's true. it's hard to know if um, I would have gotten the same, same outcome. Jen and I, we... For some reason, we have continued to be in contact through Messenger, mm -hmm. and there's rarely a day that goes by that we don't like send each other something. You know, say, hey, "How's your day going?" or "I can't believe what my kids just did." Or, <laughs> um, and when we get together, it's just it's hard to to leave. It's just I don't I don't know. I just kind of get sad when I have to leave her, and mm -hmm. you know, it's just like having a really new best friend almost, you mm, know? Mm -hmm. And and I think her and I have really been good for each other. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I'm happy. That's <laughs> 55 a sweet... years and I finally am at peace and, mm -hmm. you know, everything's good. And it, it kind of, finding her, and it just kind of lifted the disappointment of not having contact with my bio mom yeah so yeah kind of made peace with that and i'm good yeah that's amazing i'm so happy for you <laughs> wendy i'm glad you found that Thank peace you. and that yeah comfort in a sibling <laughs> that's so cool yeah. and i have to say your podcast has been so helpful in helping me in my healing process and everything too it's oh. just been awesome oh, hearing great. other people's stories and you know, there's so many parallels that you find yeah. similar to your own. Yeah. And it's like, man, I'm not the only one going through those feelings. So it's yeah. been great. And I really appreciate um, the effort that you put into the show, too. Oh, man, that means a lot. Thank you so much, Wendy. I'm really <laughs> glad it's been a good resource for you. And, you know, it's funny, too. Even if you haven't been through a similar situation to someone else, mm -hmm. I think just being an adoptee, too, you can empathize in a different way than others can. Oh, so absolutely. yeah, I, this is this is. I'm so thankful that I found this work, and I'm I'm glad to continue <laughs> to do it. All right, all the best to you, Wendy. Thank you so much for taking time to share your story. And thank you. All right, take care. Bye bye. Yeah, bye bye. Hey, it's me. Wendy's attempt to connect with her natural mother didn't go as she'd hoped after years of assuming the woman would want to know her. However. I thought it was smart of Wendy to provide a medical history template for the woman to complete to make information sharing easier without contact. I loved hearing what a great connection her paternal sister Jen has been in her life. 
After we recorded her show, Wendy wrote me an email with some of the following. I believe my dream about my natural father dying was fairly close to the time he passed. I also had a very vivid dream about him watching me from a distance when I left the hospital after I was surrendered. Prior to those dreams, I honestly never thought much about him at all. Afterwards, he was often in my thoughts and I became very curious about him. One of the things I asked Jen was if she had any videos or voice recordings of my dad. She thought he may have been on recordings when her kids were young but had lost track of those recordings in a move. A few weeks ago, she found them and started sending clips. I listened countless times, trying to memorize every word, how he enunciated words in his deep, gruff voice. So heartwarming and helpful to see and hear him. I'm Damon Davis, and I hope you'll find something in Wendy's journey that inspires you, validates your feelings about wanting to search, or motivates you to have the strength along your journey to learn. Who am I, really? If you would like to share your adoption journey and your attempt to connect with your biological family, please visit whoamireallypodcast.com slash share. You can follow the show at facebook.com slash WAIReally or follow on Twitter at WAIReally. If the show is meaningful to you, you can support me with a contribution to keep it going on patreon.com slash WAIReally. Please subscribe to Who Am I Really on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. It would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a five-star rating there. Those ratings can help others to find the podcast too. And if you're interested, you can check out the story of my adoption journey, Who Am I Really? An Adoptee Memoir on Amazon.com, on Kindle, or as an audiobook on Audible. I hope you'll add my story to your reading list.